0: well hello and welcome to the leadership show this is harriet schumacher and i'm so happy i'm honored really that you're choosing to spend some time with me here today Uh, this podcast is really designed to have some honest intriguing hopefully a sprinkle of inspiration here uh, on the topic of leadership and what it takes to lead in today's uncertain and volatile environment and I'm a certified executive coach. I have over 20 years of experience working with leaders globally. Uh, By no means does that mean that I have all the answers. I just know some cool people. I've got some insights and sometimes some things that I wanna say. And so this podcast really is for your enjoyment. I hope that you tune in. I hope that you get some value out of it. And thank you again for tuning in onto the show. Okay, so today's conversation is about how do we leverage relationships to help us advance our careers? And, uh, you know, I found a quote, which I think really uh, encapsulates this conversation well, and it comes from Sandra Day O'Connor, who Uh, was a former U.S. Supreme Court justice. And she says, you know, we don't accomplish anything in this world alone. Whatever happens is the result of a whole tapestry of one's life. All the weavings of individual threads from one to another that create something. And, you know, I think that that's really true. And, um, you know, as a coach, a women's leadership coach, uh, you know, I find that there's a lot of opportunity for us in learning how to leverage relationships, which is why I chose this topic specifically um, for the network and to give you some things to think about, but also to give you some practical uh, tools today to really start to think about how do you can how you can become more strategic. With the relationships that are around you to help you advance your career, because um, it really is a game changer. And so, a couple of things that I just wanted to, uh, you know, kind of recap here just current data about women in the workforce, you know, women outnumber men at almost every educational level. So, um, we are more educated than men are. And we also outnumber. Almost half of men in the workforce, so there's more women than men in the workforce in most countries. But, and this is a big but, women hold just 24% of senior management roles. We make up a mere 3% of the Fortune 500 list CEOs. Only one in 18 women earns a six-figure salary in North America. Versus one in seven men. And so for women of color, this wage and leadership gap is even wider. And progress here has been really slow, or even I would say, stagnant or flatlined in the percentages of women reaching senior top and director level positions in all countries where these this kind of research has been conducted. And so this is really problematic, you know. Uh, COVID has undone a lot of the progress that has been made, and, um, you know, I always like to go back to, well, given the situation is what it is, what can we do about it? Because clearly, uh, you know, the business case for advancing women into leadership is very compelling. So, you know, recruiting women actually increases an organization's financial performance. You know, we're pretty effective, we're pretty good at what we do. (laughs) So, you know, Fortune 500 companies that have the highest representation of women on boards financially outperform those with the fewest female board members. Interesting. A Gallup study recently found that gender diverse business units have higher average revenue than less diverse business units in the same organization. So having larger percentages of women inside an organization also contributes to higher job satisfaction, uh, higher levels of employee engagement, decreased levels of burnout, and that will positively impact all workers, regardless of gender, age, ethnicity, or leadership level. And so I wanted to just, you know, prime us here for this conversation, because having more women in the workplace, and especially more women in senior leadership roles, definitely is associated with positive outcomes for both women and men and for business overall. So I've shared these statistics many times. And what's surprising to me is that there is a denial (laughs) still about it in the workplace. There's a denial. There's like a put our head in the sand and let's like pretend that this issue doesn't exist or we're focusing on other things. Or there's some belief that because there are women around in our organization and we see lots of them, that we've somehow achieved equality. And so, you know, with these statistics and all the effort that is currently being placed on diversity, equity and inclusion efforts, I think we are safe to assume that we still have a lot of work to do. And so today's conversation is really designed to help put uh, you back in power uh, and to really think about how can you start to use relationships to advance your career. And this is a place where I find women really struggle. So, you know, we're we're, um, told that we're good relationship builders. We're nice. We're easy to get along with. You know, we are nurturing. And yes, a lot of that is true but we're not so good at being strategic about relationships. We're not as effective at leveraging them. And, you know, when I talk to women, they say, well, that feels icky. You know, that feels like salesy or disingenuous. Uh, And so, you know, we've also been conditioned to believe that being nice is how you get ahead. So you should put your head down, you should work hard. And perhaps somehow someday somebody's going to come along and, tap you on your shoulder and you're going to get promoted and you're going to get noticed. So I can assure you, this is not what men do. (laughs) They do not do that. And so the reason why there's more of them in leadership positions, it's complicated. uh, But it definitely is that they approach relationship building in a far more strategic way. So I'm here to tell you and underscore this and write this down and keep this in the back of your mind is that it is not about how much you know or how competent you are in your job or what level of expertise you have. It is who knows you that will get you promoted. That's uh, guaranteed. And so relationships matter. And the problem is there isn't a lot of guidance out there for women on how to leverage relationships to achieve their goals. And we're going to have some internal stuff that we're going to have to work on in order to get better at this. We're going to have to get uncomfortable and we're going to have to put ourselves out there. And I want to be really clear. If you want your career to grow, learning how to leverage relationships is not optional. You really need to do networking and connecting in order to grow your career and become a more effective leader. And you need to take a really like broad look at things, a really balanced uh, approach, and look at building a network of a lot of different people. So we're going to talk about the kinds of relationships that you need to have. And then I'm going to give you some tools to start to map out your ideal network. And this is something that I'm going to do as well. And I'd encourage you all to find some time in your calendar to do uh, the exercise that I'm going to be sharing with you today. And uh, I think, you know, you got to look at your circle and say, okay, who do I need to get a better network with? Do I need to develop uh, more relationships with more senior people inside my organization Or do I need to move farther out in my professional circle? Maybe it's not internally inside my organization, but maybe I need to find more people who know what I know, like people who are in engineering or people who are in human resources. You know, I need to expand my professional network so that I can get to know what's going on out there in the world because maybe you're looking for a new opportunity, right? And so uh, I want you to think about designing your relationship network, being really intentional about that. And this is different than what networking used to be, which I hate this kind of networking, which is like, I just, I can feel it already. You know, when you go to those events and it's filled with strangers and you're all kind of thrown there and you're all standing there with your beverage (laughs) and you're like trying to start conversations with people. Not that that's happened in a really long time, but, you know, that used to be the concept around networking is like, oh, you'll go to network networking events. And they were so popular for a period of time. They make me cringe because it's like small talky stuff. And then most of the people who you would meet at these events were not your people. This is a giant waste of time, right? So this isn't about meeting strangers in a forced situation. I'm talking about real relationships, Being very strategic with who you are bringing into your circle and creating and maintaining connections with colleagues, customers, clients, mentors, supporters, friends to help you develop and advance your career. So over the past uh, two years, uh, when I've been reflecting a lot on the work uh, that I've been helping women with as a coach, when I've been working one-on-one with my coaching clients, I can confidently say to you, uh, the women who got promoted leveraged relationships. So what they did was they put their career ambitions front and center. And they shared those career ambitions with people who are connected or responsible, you know, kind of basically going to help them get promoted or not they really put their career ambitions at the forefront. They didn't hide back on that. They were very, very clear on what it is that they wanted to do. And, and that was some of the work that we did together. So I wanna start off by defining with you what kinds of relationships you need to define or define and find. So uh, you know, I think you need five different kinds of relationships that you need to learn to leverage. There might be some overlap um, with these, but hopefully not. Hopefully they can be um, different people. And so let's start to talk about what each of these are. And then I'm going to give you some time to reflect a little bit further on them. So the first one is uh, what I call an enabler. And so an enabler is someone who um, gives you work, assigns you projects, Opens up kind of like opportunities for you to maybe work in a different environment with different people. Uh, They are clear on what your ambitions are, either what you want to learn or your developmental goals or where you want to grow. And so they enable your ambitions by providing you with work that's going to help you to learn and grow. Okay. The second one is a mentor. And there's a lot of discussion in the field of women's leadership development around mentoring programs. And a lot of organizations have taken this approach as a way to try to advance women into more senior leadership roles. And what we have found is that approach has failed. So here's what a mentor is. A mentor is a, um, it's a private relationship with another person, man or woman. Um, that is designed to teach you or coach you. The problem with a mentoring relationship, because it's a private relationship, it doesn't enable you. And so what I mean by that is it's like an exchange of time and teaching, but it doesn't build social capital, which is what you need in order to get ahead. So uh, mentoring is great, you might pick somebody we're going to talk about how to pick a mentor in a second, but i i i I um caution you to think about you need a mentor to get ahead and I hear a lot of women say that it's like you, you a mentor will probably not get you ahead in the way that you think it will so the third relationship that I think that you need is called a strategizer and when I think of a strategizer, I think of somebody who is um going to help you strategize about where you are now, where you want to go and how you're going to get ahead and the best way for you to get there. So that could be like a career coach. That could be a a person inside HR. Um, It can also be like uh, somebody who will sit with you and like talk with you, About where you are, and you'll feel very, these, you know, it's a trusting relationship, right? It's going to strategize with you about how to get from where you from point A to point B, okay, career wise. Uh, The fourth relationship is a connector. And so, a connector is very important. This is someone who is well connected and is willing to make introductions to influential people for you. They know you, they are going to be able to talk about you, uh, especially in different circles that maybe you're not a part of. And this is a more public relationship, right? And in order for somebody to be a connector, we probably have a good amount of emotional capital built up in our relationship. Uh, They know me. I've proven that what I bring is relevant and important and it matters because there's a reason why they would want to connect us because they like to be a connector. They want to connect people. And you know, there are people out there who just are very, very good at that. Um, And so you want them to connect you to the right people to help you achieve your ambitions or where it is that you want to go. And so they're like kind of like an opportunity giver. They connect you to other people. And so this starts to become like quite a public relationship, and they might give you access to a really high visible opportunity. Okay, so somebody who's well connected. And the fifth one, and most important of all, is that you need an advocate or a sponsor. So uh, an advocate or a sponsor is somebody who is going to publicly advocate for you and your goals. This is typically a, you know, probably a senior person inside your organization who is sitting at the table with other senior people when decisions are being made about opportunities, roles, promotions. And so this person is going to fight for you. They're going to fight for you when you cannot fight for yourself. And they're going to talk about you. Uh, in circles when you are not present. It's a very public relationship and they're going to use their social capital, their relationships, their own status inside the organization to help you advance your career. If you do not have a strong advocate, when decisions are being made about new roles inside your organization or about promotions or even conversations about talent, if you don't have a strong voice in the room to advocate for you, you are probably going to miss out on some important opportunities. And where I have seen this really be important is if you have somebody who is not like, I would say as a foe, like not your friend, but as a foe, Uh, somebody who you maybe has a, um, you know, like a negative perception of you, or you've had a relationship issue and they're also a senior person and they're sitting in the room there, the loudest is going to get heard there. So that is why you need an advocate and a sponsor um to be balancing the voices in the room and to really be advocating for you so this could be your boss should be your boss um and maybe it's somebody else maybe who's somebody um, more senior inside the organization uh you really need to start to think about who that person is you definitely definitely need a sponsor So I want you to start to think of each of these and start to map out who you think they are. So if I were you, I would write down, you know, okay, uh, an enabler, a mentor, a strategizer, a connector, and a sponsor. Who do I think those people are? Do I know it? If not, is it blank? That's okay. It's just good to kind of start to think about it. Who are the people's faces that you would put into those relationships, right? And so, you know, do you have a mentor? And remembering that mentors are really designed to provide you advice. They provide some support, some coaching, some training. So I want you to think about who those people are and how you know them, where you can find them. And I want you to get really specifically clear about what do you want out of that relationship. A lot of women have mentors because they want to partner with somebody inside their organization who's been through what they are currently going through. So it's almost like they have... Um, they're a further ahead on the journey. That's how I think of a mentor. And, uh, you know, they've got, they've successfully, you know, crossed the, the river, you know? And so whether that's like navigating relationships or perhaps it's dealing with sexism in the workplace or, you know, they've advanced into a role that you're interested in advancing to, uh, a lot of times mentor relationships are somebody who's done it before you. And so, you know, you want to learn from their uh, less. You want to harvest their lessons learned. And also they can maybe help you get to that destination you want to get to faster without as many bumps along the way. So this is a private relationship. It's also a trusting relationship. And it's a really good place to start. Uh, But I don't want you to put all of your eggs in that basket. And that's what a lot of organizations have done to try to uh, promote women's equality inside the workplace is by establishing women's mentorship programs. And again, it puts the burden of women's leadership development on the shoulders of women when really it's the most senior leaders in the organization that should be dealing with that. And the problem is, is it doesn't really give you social capital in the way that you need to uh, really advance your career. And so, uh, so really what I want you to ask yourself is, is this woman or the person that I'm usually women mentor with other women, uh, is this the right mentor for what I'm trying to accomplish? Is a mentoring relationship really what I need right now? Or maybe is there somebody else that I need to be mentoring me based on what my career path and my ambitions are? Um, and so a mentor really is designed to give you a little bit of your time, a little bit of their time. So again, be really specifically clear on what you need from them and how much time you want to spend in that mentoring relationship. And I would encourage you to have a mentor, but not put all of your eggs in that basket because they aren't necessarily going to advocate for you. Uh, So strategizers, I want to highlight them and really get you to start to think about like, who are the strategizers in your life? Who has insight and information that they can share with you? Uh, Maybe about organizational culture, maybe about organizational life, maybe about um, internal politics inside your organization. And so I want you to think about what would you want to strategize with a strategizer about and what are specifically the questions you want to ask them and why would they want to help you. Um, so sometimes a person in, uh, you know, an HR capacity can be a good strategizer because they're, you know, well connected or somebody who works in organizational development or, you know, somebody who um, works in a talent acquisition who uh, spends a lot of time recruiting people, they can give you really interesting insight into um, what are the gaps that the organization is currently experiencing and what are we hiring for and what's going on out there in the marketplace with talent. Like they have access to such interesting information that if you're trying to get promoted and get ahead inside the organization, they might be able to give you insight into what a resumes look like, What's the interview process look like? Like, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. So you kind of got to go out, you know, expand your network and not look at the same usual suspects. Um, so an advocate, a sponsor, again, super, super important. But I want you to think about why would somebody advocate for you? I had a really interesting conversation with a very senior executive female um, and, you know, one of the... Fortune 500's number two company. And she said, you know, um, I will open doors. I will advocate for women and open doors for them and provide opportunities for them when they can tell me what they are passionate about. Because that's the question that they are trying to answer for themselves. Well, of all the people who come knocking on my door asking for something, why should I help you? Why should I do this for you? I've had 30 people, you know, try to have coffee with me and have lunch with me, why you? And so um, that's something that we're gonna talk about too is why should somebody do this for you? And that's what I wanna talk about now is this whole idea of reciprocity. And this is where we get stuck as women. This is what holds us back from leveraging relationships. I want you to think about leveraging relationships through generosity and reciprocity. And Adam Grant, who I'm sure you have heard of, uh, he wrote a wonderful book called Give and Take. And what he says in that book is um, really kind of magnetic and I think is really a, um, a success strategy for people who are effective at what he at what he's talking here. And he says, you know people who are givers, who give a lot, get to the top, without cutting other people down. So they find ways of expanding the pie that benefits themselves, but also benefits other people. And so when I talk about leveraging relationships, what I mean really here is that you need to figure out what you can give to somebody or what you can give to the relationship so that you can get leverage in return. So generosity has this funny way of resulting in reciprocity. Like when you give something to somebody, they want to give you something in return. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you think about using generosity as a way of building emotional capital I think you're going to find this is a much more fulfilling experience and it eliminates that uncomfort that discomfort that a lot of us have with approaching people and just asking them for something so I want you to think about okay well how can I be generous in this relationship what do I have to offer them first with really not an expectation of asking for anything in return but just knowing that like when you put things out there good things will come your way. And I've seen this be true for myself in business uh, about putting things out there. I give away scholarships to my programs. Um, I, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars that I've given away for a free coaching over the past year uh, to help women who wouldn't be able to afford to pay for it themselves. Uh, I get asked to speak a lot uh, at different organizations and I do that for free. Um, sometimes when I'm, you know, talking with somebody <clears throat> and they're looking for a coach you know, I'll spend an hour of my time talking with somebody, knowing that they're not in a position to be able to afford coaching at this time, but I might learn something from having a conversation with them, or I might be able to help them in some way. And so, you know, building a network from that place of generosity and believing that the good things will come back to you over time is a really great strategy. And so you need to figure out where do you want to give. And so uh, when people receive something, I think that they feel almost an obligation to reciprocate. And I think that this is true regardless of what business that you're in. I think reciprocity is like really a human thing. And, uh, you know, you see this happening in um, sales and marketing all the time, you know, That there's always like a gift as a promotion, as a way to incentivize you for coming in. Like if we give you something, perhaps you'll come in and give us something in return. We'll earn your business or we'll build a relationship this way. You know, uh, you see it with like samples and things that happen in in business. Uh, I'm just trying to give you examples of like how this happens day to day, right? So we naturally feel obliged to give after we've received something or at least our interest has been piqued. So here's what I need you to figure out next. I need you to figure out what do you have to offer? Because again, this is a place where I feel women get stuck. I don't know what I would offer. What would I, what do I have to give people? You know, I don't know. I don't have anything to give. You have a bazillion things to give. So here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about your network. Maybe there are people inside your network that the other person may want to know. So do you know somebody who could help them in some way? Okay. Could you connect to them with somebody? inside your network that might be able to help them in some capacity. I also want you to think about your ideas, your candor, your wisdom, your honesty, your fresh perspective. Uh, If you work inside an organization and have a very different vantage point than the senior leader that you're going to be speaking to, trust me, your perspective is incredibly valuable. Don't discount how important that is. Your time. So really, in a world that feels like we just don't have enough time, your time is worth more than you think it is. You could assist in a project, you could take a task away, you could complete something, you could leverage your strengths to help get something done. Like, I'm sure there are lots of things there. Your listening, your ear being a sounding board, just being able to listen to people and provide honest feedback uh, is priceless. And honesty is becoming less and less frequent as a... Business strategy. So, if you're prepared to give them some honest feedback, to listen and give them some feedback, that could be incredibly valuable. Uh, perhaps there's some way that you could support their family in some way. So, the ex, you know, like, is there a way that you could help their child? Maybe you know somebody in a sports relationship, or maybe, you know, you volunteer with a particular organization that could help them in some way. Like, I'm sure there is something within your network out there that might pique their interest. And uh your questions, the questions that you can ask somebody, you know, can you ask them good questions to help them think bigger? Could you help them strategize or brainstorm or ideate in some way uh, that would help them go a long way? like I think those what if kind of questions can really help people to go a long way. So I don't want you to feel like, well, I have to give them something really concrete. You can give them you and your brain and your curiosity and your time and your questions, and then maybe other relationships that you connect them to. And so think about, okay, when you, I want you to map out those sort of five different relationships, think about who they are. And then the next step is to think about what do you have to offer to them that might build leverage over time? What can you give them? Okay. And so, you know, when I go back to this concept around networking and building a network, I think for a lot of women, networking is like eating vegetables. You know, when you're told to eat your vegetables, eat your Brussels sprouts. (laughs) I don't know how many of you love eating vegetables. You know that they're good for you, but you'd rather not have to eat them, you know. And it's easy for a lot of us to find examples of bad networking. We've all been there. I have been to some, when I first started my business, oh my goodness, I went to some of the worst networking events. And I just decided I'm not doing that anymore. I am not going to go to this 7 p.m. event and stand around and like put my name tag on and introduce myself to people. I can't can't do that. It's so uncomfortable, right? And so... um, and then pretending to be interested in what the other person is interested in when I'm actually not, you know? And it's clear that everybody in those networking events is there purely for themselves, for their own self interests, right? So it's not fun. And so I want you to know that building really meaningful networks is not about politics, they're about reaching out, showing interest in the other person, offering to help. That is genuine. And they are also really, really key to your personal and professional growth, like huge. And so I wanna reframe relationships and I wanna re- reframe networking. I want you to really think about a network or networking is a developmental network. It is all of the people who are going to take an active interest in and take action to advance your career. That is something to get excited about. That is something to get strategic about and to really start to think about how can I build a network and leverage relationships to move my career forward. So a really good place to begin with all of this, as I've been sharing with you, is to begin your network design and to really start to take some inventory of who do you know who can help you grow and succeed and achieve your ambitions. And so what I suggest here is start by listing everyone in your network who meets these two key criteria. People, one, people who uh you have worked with, either directly or in some sort of like proximity, maybe you worked on a project with each other for a period in time, or you know, you weren't d- directly connected, but you had some exposure. <clears throat> people over the past two years. Because any longer than that, unless they were like a really meaningful relationship, like I just recently reached out to somebody that I worked with 12 years ago, but our relationship was really, really powerful and strong and transformative and, you know, there's been this give and take over that period and how we've stayed connected right. So I really, you know, first of all, I'll start with like the two year window list out all the people who you've worked with. The second criteria is people who you've had like just a moderate level of contact over in the past two years. And, you know, if you want to go back further, like I did, you know, those could be really like impactful, meaningful relationships, maybe a past boss or a past coworker. And, you know, you just had the best time with them and, you know, you know, that they've got your best interests at heart and, you know, you, you really, you feel very fondly about this person. Right. And then I want you to start to think about what kind of influence does each of these people have over your career? How can they influence your career? In what way? Uh, perhaps they're influential inside your organization right now, or perhaps they're really connected externally somehow. How connected are they? And if they're not influential or not connected in some way, then you might want to say, okay, well, that's in or that's out. I'm going to give you some um, ways to think about this in a second. And then think about the types of relationships that I've shared with you today. So, um, you know, the enablers, the strategizers, the mentors, the connectors, the advocates? Do you see anybody in this line of folks that you know that could possibly be a sponsor for you? Uh, Do you see somebody who could create new opportunities for you? Do you see somebody who can um, open up new opportunities for you to work on exciting projects? Uh, And then also thinking about building relationships that make you feel good, like give you a sense of purpose and belonging because it it can't all be about just getting somewhere. Like they should also be trusting relationships that fuel you and make you feel connected. And once you have your list of people and you've listed out all the people in your network, I want you to then kind of design a network map. And so uh, if you were to draw a map, Uh, what I would want you to do is just draw like a horizontal and vertical line, like four quadrants, one, two, three, four. Okay. And within that uh, quadrant, and I should probably get a flip chart. I should have put that here. Um, But I want you to think about the axis on this side is high influence to low influence. Okay. High influence, low influence. And on the bottom, low degree of comfort to high degree of comfort, okay? And so when you think about um, mapping these people inside this network map, really what I want you to start to think about is plopping people into those boxes. So who are the people in your network that you would say have high influence versus low influence, And then if you were to assess the relationship that you have with those people, do you have a low degree of comfort with that person or a high degree of comfort? Because the sweet spot is that like upper corner where the person has high influence and you have a high degree of comfort with them, right? That's fantastic. Those are relationships which are probably working really well and you definitely want to maximize those. But that's not the reality for all the relationships that we have, right? Some of them are going to be like, this is a very influential person inside my organization. I have a really low degree of comfort with them because I don't know them at all. Uh, But I need to get to know them because if I don't, it could be a real like, you know, missed opportunity. Um, So often the most influential people inside our organization seem unapproachable, seem intimidating. Sometimes inside our organizational contexts, these are people that are gossiped about, you know, a lot of people inside the organization can talk negatively about them. Um, And I've, you know, so because of that, we avoid these people, we avoid working with them um, because we're afraid or because we've been told to stay away or that they're scary, even though we don't have any of our own real experience of working with that person. And so you might be pleasantly surprised to find out that that person is nothing like the story that's being told about them, but you will really got to figure out, okay, if they have high influence and I can see them as somebody who can really help me to advance my career, if it is to be, it's gotta be up to me. I gotta find a way to connect with that person. And, uh, so think, you know, first you got to map it out and that, you know, I want you to remember that like what you hear in the rumor mill is not necessarily always true. And even if it is true, it may not be true for you based on, you know, how you build the relationship and how you um, move it forward. And so as you start mapping out this network and drawing this out and putting all these people into these different categories, I really want you to step back and say, okay, well, what do I notice here? What do I see? Is my network balanced? Where do you need to invest? Where are there gaps? Um, Where do you need to start looking uh, deeper for relationships, which maybe you do not have? Okay, okay. And then you need to start to think about okay, well, what do I have to offer these people? You know, what can I give? How can I approach this relationship leading with generosity first? And where do these people frequent? You know, the the connector, for example. So let's say that you have a really high influence person that you don't feel comfortable with, but you do know a connector who can connect you to that person. You know, you might need to use some relationships that you're more comfortable with first to help you build those additional relationships, right? So it is kind of all connected. You might need to um, ask other people to connect you, right? So um, I guess the summary here for, for you guys is that you need to make relationship building part of your day job. And I don't mean like, you know, coffee chats with the people that you're the most comfortable with. I mean, like strategically relationship building, And, you know, I was talking to my husband about this this morning as I was preparing for this talk. And I said, you know, I really feel the need to uh, work on my relationships too, because we've all been in this like lockdown bubble where you you know, we haven't really seen people in a while. And so I'm going to redraw my network map too. I'm really excited about it is to think about, okay, first of all, I just like want to get out and meet people, you know, I'm really done with being home for the past two years and even if I can't see people in person I can still network this way like a lot of my clients don't live in my city so I wouldn't even be able to see them anyway but you know I do think that there's a really great opportunity to get to know people I think people are starving for connection right now like and getting to meet new people and to change things up we're really tired we're tired of this and so an opportunity to spend time With other people, I think is a really, really good thing for all of us to be doing right now. So, you have to focus on building relationships. You have to join other people's network, thinking about like, how do I get myself out of my uh, day to day pattern, break things up, and be generous as a way of building your brand and making your work visible. That's what I want you to really think about. It's not how much you know, it's who knows you and making what you know, and your work and your success visible to other people. And this has to be part of your day job. You've got to be intentional about it. And, um, you know, again, going back to all so much research, and I see this time and time again, just from my own uh, coaching clients, that instead of doing this, instead of focusing on building relationships, women put their head down and work all day long. And we focus more on being perfect at the work and what we're doing, and less about getting uncomfortable and getting outside of our comfort zone and thinking about how do we advance our careers, and so you got to get out of your head, you got to get out of your own way, uh, and you got to find uh, first the strategy. You got to you won't build it if you don't know what you're trying to build and with whom, right? So that's really what I wanted to share with you today is to give you uh, some thinking about who are the relationships, what kind do I need, and then to do that inventory. You know, of the people, all the people, map them all out, put everybody down, write a list, and then start to map those people out on that axis of like high influence, low influence, low comfort, high comfort, and start putting people into those boxes. And then thinking about, okay, well, what do I want to do here? Do I have balance? Do I have gaps? Where do I need to fill things in? And what do I want um, out of this relationship? And what is it that I have to offer these people? Okay, so it's going to take you a little bit of time, but you can do it. And I promise you, if you start to think strategically about this and start intentionally building these relationships, you will learn so much. Um, We can you can talk. You can ask them for feedback. You can introduce yourself to them. You can offer them uh, some of the things that I talked about previously. So that's my advice for you today. But, you know, make 2022 the year of leveraging relationships do it. And you will see like great things come your way. I've seen it happen time and time again with my coaching clients that we've been really focused on relationships this year. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much for being here. Take care. Bye.